Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunar. Hello, I'm Pippin Williamson, and joining me as usual is Brad Tunar. Say hello, Brad. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 19 of Apply Filters. Today, we're going to talk about uh, a lot of different things that we've been involved with recently, both projects, events, uh, things going on in the community, etc. Uh, and it should fill up our whole episode, but right before we get into that, we want to mention our sponsorship again, which comes from uh, WP Ninjas and their recent product, Ninja Demo. They're getting ready to push out a new version that has some cool new features on it. If you're not familiar with Ninja Demo, go to ninjademo.com and check it out. It is one of the only options available to easily create a demo environment for your WordPress themes or your plugins where potential customers can sign up in just seconds to get a dedicated demo where they can really give your product a test drive. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's one thing I didn't really realize when they first launched is that each each time a user starts a demo, it's private. You know, not everyone else yeah. can see what they're doing and stuff. That's super cool. One thing that I think is really cool about it is because it's private, uh, the way that it works is you have a multi-site install, and then when you generate a demo, it creates a new site within that multi-site. And so then that user gets access to that site, which means that if you, the way that, depending on how you have it set up, you could give them access to edit any content they want. So if you're demoing, say, an e-commerce plugin, you could allow them to create products, test sales, etc., and it wouldn't affect anyone else's demo. Cool. Yeah, so it's a, it's a pretty slick system. We're using it on Affiliate WP right now, and it's working really well. Nice. So, man, where where you been? You've been you've been kicking around somewhere on a coast. Yeah, I think. I've been I've been uh, traveling a lot over the last week, mostly because I traveled to Oregon all last week for Beach Press 2.0, which was this really cool event put on by Justin Santon. Um, and basically, the idea was to get twenty to thirty people from the WordPress community and put put them in a house on the beach for a week and see what happens. That sounds terrible. Uh, what a terrible no, it was idea. amazing. <laughs> It was, it was really cool. Um, it was very much a... It was kind of like an unconference. In The idea was to have everybody come together, stay together in this house, um, and and see how it works out. So it was, it was really a co-working situation where everybody was just kind of doing their own thing. Since we were there for a full, I think, five days, uh, there wasn't any of the the normal tension that you might have from trying to get the scheduled events happening and make sure that everything happens on time to the schedule and that everybody gets their um, gets their money's worth. Right. So there is it is there like there is a schedule when to beach press? We had a little bit of a schedule. It okay. was kind of it, it was more of the hey on on this day we're going to try and do some some lightning talks on this day uh, anybody who wants to is going to go tour a brewery uh, like that was that was kind of it. Uh, there, there wasn't a very rigid schedule that says, okay, at this, at 1 p.m. on this day, Justin's going to talk about his WP Commerce work, and on this day, Ben Lowball's going to talk about Jetpack. No, it, it was very casual. Uh, it was a bunch which, of uh, great, you know, you just get a bunch of great people in a room, see what happens kind of thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it was awesome. Um, a, lo- a lot of people, everybody was able to take the time to have their normal day-to-day meetings or do a little bit of their day-to-day work. So, like, I... I, did, I managed support tickets while I was there, uh, pushed out a couple plug-in versions. But we had a lot of time to not just get to know each other, but get to get to work with each other, too. And, and so that was cool. Right. Who was your favorite person? <laughs> Justin, Justin Sands, my favorite person for putting it on. <laughs> nice. Cool. Uh, Where, ju- so Justin. That was, the, that was on the Oregon one. coast, right? Like, yeah, it country. was just about like an hour and a half uh, to the southwest of Portland. I don't know. I don't know my Oregon geography very well. But right, right. Yeah, it was it was right on the coast. So we we just had a really big house that was just located. I mean, we were a hundred feet from the beach. I've heard good things about the Oregon coast. So it was beautiful. Yeah, it was chilly, but it was it was beautiful. At least chilly for me. I mean, I'm from Kansas, and <laughs> right now it's ninety five to one hundred degrees every day. <laughs> right, right. So, so going shopping. down to where it was like forty-five at night and and sixty during the day was a was a little bit different. Yeah, no doubt. Are you um, you got some other word camps on the horizon, don't you? 
or not I've other got a couple camps, coming up. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple different events. I'm traveling all of next week just for a, my, I think, the first actual vacation that I've taken. Like, I've done a lot of traveling recently, but not just for fun. So, like, uh, tomorrow I'm flying to Canada to go visit family. But beyond that, uh, we've got WordCamp Kansas City coming up in July, and then WordCamp New York is at the beginning of August, and WordCamp Omaha is uh, in the middle of August. And I'll be going to all three of those. Nice. Yeah. Are you traveling at all anytime soon? No. So I play Ultimate Frisbee uh, during the summer. Like, competitively, we travel and all over the place. I'm going to be in Boston next weekend, and then Ottawa next month, and then for nationals, Canadian nationals uh, in nice. August. So it's that's a pretty full schedule during the summer, so I can't really fly. Like I think my wife would kill me if I did any more <laughs> traveling than that. Um, yep. And then uh, then we're expecting our second uh, child in September, so <laughs> kind hey, of right you're just off. Ahead of us. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, we're expecting our second in October, and so after after work camp Omaha, I'm done. Yeah, yeah I'm exactly. Taking the rest of the, I'm t- taking the next like four months off. Yeah, that's I'm pretty much writing off uh, everything up to Big Snow Tiny Conf in January. Nice. So <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Something that was fun about about Beach Press because uh, it, it was so it was so casual. I mean, aside from just getting to know a lot of people, um, meeting meeting new friends and and getting back together with old friends. Um, because of how casual it was, we were able to do some good co-working. Uh, and so there was two things for me that came out of it. Uh, one, we managed to do get some uh, nice traction on some WordPress track tickets, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also managed to get uh, EDD version 2.0 pushed out finally, which kind of made me happy. That's something I've been working on for the next or last like four months. Yeah, congratulations. And, and managed to not push out a point release the same day. Wow. Achievement. Yeah. <laughs> My my last four releases have had like a point release pushed out either within a day or within 36 hours because of something that we found. And so this is the first time in, I think, six months that we haven't had a point release after that's, a major version. I mean, that's pretty typical of a big project anyway, Oh, I think anyway, it's really right? typical. Yeah. Yeah. Any okay. anytime that you have a release, uh, whether it's a plugin or WordPress core or a giant theme that you've been working on for six months, there's some little thing that's going to slip through the cracks. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is one why I have no problem pushing out a point release because I'm much more interested in making sure that we get problems fixed than we annoy people because they installed two updates. Yeah, and a lot of people will hold off for like a week before they install that oh, yeah. update. And so even if you do push out a point release on the same day, you the number of people that are going to have to install both is pretty low. Exactly, yeah. That's why I'm a big fan of, of you know correcting those little issues immediately. It's a good Absolutely. Idea. Yeah, cool. And the, uh, something else that was kind of cool about was BeachPress. Uh, I managed to get a new plugin written called Batch Comment Spam Deletion. Oh yeah. I ran into a, I ran into a problem. It actually occurred to me like as I was flying to BeachPress, uh, I was sitting there on the plane with plain Wi-Fi and I was logged into my site and I noticed that I had forty three thousand comments in spam. <laughs> yeah, I mean they just built up over a couple of months and they were all there. I was like, you know, I should clear these out. There's no reason for these to sit here. Are you and using so uh, Are you using a Kismet? Yes. Okay, and this still sit? does not work on my site right now. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why it, it doesn't. I mean, it, it catches them in terms of in that it gets them, puts them into spam, but it's not it's not auto deleting anything. Right. Huh. Um, but anyway, so I had forty three thousand spam comments sitting here, and I was, okay, I should clear these out. So I click empty spam. Well, if you've ever tried to delete forty three thousand spam comments, <laughs> it kills your server. I mean, it just slaughters it because we're, the way that the uh, empty spam function in WordPress works is it actually performs a query to get the I, all of the IDs oh, of every <laughs> comment. So it, it like does a select var uh, on the on the comment post ID, gets yeah. all of the comment IDs, and then it loops through every single one of them oh, dear God. and calls WP delete comment. Why does it uh, do this this way? Well, I was thinking about it because I was thinking this this seems really silly, uh, and and I realized that some of it probably has to do with the fact of hooks. Uh, WP delete comment fires the hooks yeah. that you might want, which is pretty important. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also deletes all comment meta associated with the comment, uh, and so at first I was a little 
peeved to see that that was how it worked. And then I realized, oh, wait, actually, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. The problem is it simply doesn't scale. Doesn't scale. Right. Uh, so I decided to attack it with a plugin. So I wrote a little plugin that replaces the empty, sc- empty spam function with one that processes it in batches. And yes. so it'll do a batch of 100 at a time, and then it just iterates through them. So it does 100, and it does another 100, and it does another 100. Um, how did you... How did you- accomplish that? Did you use this Ajax requests to batch them? I didn't do it with Ajax. Uh, I would like to maybe do a version 2.0 that uses Ajax because it would be cleaner. Uh, it would be more, better for the user. What this does is it, um, it uses a step procedure and okay. does a redirect. And so it deletes 100, redirects, deletes 100, gotcha. redirects. And it does it in such a way that it will never cause a redirect loop. Yeah. Um, right. And it, it will successfully delete 100,000 spam comments right. without killing any server or without failing. It'll take out. a little while, yeah. but it will do it. And so because that was fun. And that was something outs, that got built. Timeouts are the other issue there, right? Because if you're running something like, you know, uh, Nginx, for instance, uh, it doesn't respect the set timeout PHP function. And right. Well, see, so in this case, it it doesn't doesn't matter what your set timeout is. As right. long as the server has the oh, ability to I mean. delete yeah. 100 comments at a time, which is not hard to do. I mean, that's a pretty s- small request. Uh, in terms of the timeout speed, it will it will never fail. Right. No, I meant I meant before your plugin. If you just oh did yeah, it. yeah 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 before yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. certainly. You would uh, in, in my case, when I when I ran into the issue, I was able to delete about a thousand comments at a time before I would just timeout. Right. That's funny. And then so, <laughs> so yeah, so you could end up with like I wrote partial. It. I wrote it at Beach Press. You could end up with like partial data there too, right? Like you could end yeah. up. Like it could delete. Like you might have a comment that was meta. deleted, but meta wasn't. Yeah. Yikes. Which actually, I'm pretty sure has happened to me because I recently migrated uh, my personal site uh, from one host to another. And when I was doing that migration, I noticed that my comment meta table was enormous. I mean, it was it was it was like ten times larger than the rest of the database combined. Right. Um, and, and I think a lot of it was actually because of comment meta that was left over from comments that had been deleted, probably because of that exact problem. Right. Yeah, so, most likely. Yeah, that was something else that came out of BeachPress. That was fun. Hmm. So, cool. Yeah, anyway, what have you been doing recently? Uh, well, we, we have been getting MigrateDB Pro 1.4 beta out with uh, the CLI add-on. Uh, so you're able to, this is all beta right now, but we're very, we haven't gotten any uh, bugs reported yet. Uh, so I used it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I migrated a live site with it a couple I've days heard, ago with the beta. Yeah, that's awesome. And it worked. So that's good. Um, we've got a pretty rigorous testing um, uh, system that we go through mm-hmm. uh, or process, I guess I would call it. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it seems to be in a good spot. So our testing seems to be working pretty well. But anyway, the uh, CLI add-on allows you to run migrations using uh, WPCLI. So you can just run a command from the command line and give it um, the profile ID so that, that you've set up using the GUI. And it'll just run that migration from the command line. So you can do things like set up a cron job to run overnight and migrate, you know, you get the latest live database down to your local dev environment. Then when, when you get to your machine in the morning, it's like ready to go, you know? So that is cool. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's been our biggest request feature request is just being able to automate their migrations. And, and mm-hmm. so people are pretty, pretty pumped for this. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really awesome. So if you sign up for, you know, if you get, uh, a license for MigrateDB Pro right now, you can get the beta. It's you know you just download it from my account, so it's not mm-hmm. it's not like an exclusive thing or anything. Yeah, that's that's why I saw the other day because I was uh, just I was installing a new, I was downloading a new version to install on the site that I was migrating, and I noticed the beta, so I went ahead and tried it, and it was awesome. Yeah, that's great. It worked. I mean, I didn't I didn't notice any issues. Uh, everything worked well for me. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, you were having problems with like a CDN at one point or something, like a uh, Cloudflare, I think you said. Yeah, I think Cloudflare was causing us problems. It was interesting because we pushed it up. Uh, I had it on the dev site, and then I pushed it over to the live site. And the idea was I was going to pull from the dev to the live. Right. Uh, and for some reason, uh, Cloudflare actually cached one of the JavaScript files. 
uh, it well it cached a minified version and during the minification process it it broke some function in, in the JavaScript <laughs> file. Wow. And then it cached that file. And wow. it took me an hour and a half to get that cache cleared out. That's... There's something about the Cloudflare caching system that is just ridiculously hard to overwrite. Right. I don't. I don't know if it's just because I fail miserably at something. No, I've heard that cache invalidation is an extremely difficult problem when you're talking about a CDN. I have no idea of like how it works, like the inner workings of it. But yeah, I have no idea. But it, I mean, it took us forever to get it figured out. Uh, eventually, we got it, and then once we once we cleared it out, everything worked great. Yeah, I, I run um, uh, Amazon CloudFront on my blog, mm -hmm. just kind of as an experiment to experiment with a CDN. And uh, every once in a while, I have to run a cache invalidation there, and it takes like five minutes to ten minutes to run this invalidation. And we're talking about oh, yeah. Just invalidating one CSS file that takes this yep. long, and in this case, this this was just a JavaScript file. I mean, yeah. it was tiny. So I don't, I don't like I said, I don't understand what's going on in the background there, but it's I've heard it's not it's not pretty. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't really know, but it was it was interesting because for the longest time it took I didn't realize that it was a, it was a, a cache problem. And so I was sitting here like, why is this erroring out? Like, this server is identical to dev, the same plugin. I'm looking at the file on the server, and it's still breaking. Right. Brad, help me. Oh, <laughs> not your problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but we, have, we used it to, to launch a new site. Um, my, my brother runs a company called CG Cookie, and it's a, an education site for 3D modeling uh, and concept art and things like that. Anyway, so... The software that they run on is called Blender 3D, which is another open source project, uh, sim similar to WordPress. But something that Blender 3D does not have is the commercial sphere that WordPress so, has. So Blender Blender 3D is like uh, like a desktop software for yes. for doing 3D mod modeling, is it? Okay. Yep, 3D modeling, animation, texturing, things like that. Okay. Um, so it, it can be used for for games, movies, advertisement, what have you, uh, lots of different things. Uh, but so Blender is kind of a, it's in the same kind of um, position as WordPress is in terms of the way that the project works. It's all open source, but they don't have that commercial sphere. Uh, right. So right. if you think about like, look at WordPress five years ago uh, when commercial products were really just starting to come about. There was a lot of people that were pretty against it. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people saying things like, "Well, how can you sell an open source plugin? How can you how can you make money off of this? This is wrong." Things like that. And anyway, uh, what was cool about this this new site that I helped my brother launch over, uh, the, earlier this week is that it's a new it's the first market commercial marketplace for Blender software for for add-ons and things like that. Cool. And so it was fun to it was fun to launch this project. It's called it's called Blender Markets or CGCookieMarkets.com. Uh, it was cool. For one, because I get I was able to work with my own stuff, so it's all powered by Easy Digital Downloads and some and some of our extensions, uh, as well as Affiliate WP and a couple of other plugins. But it was cool for that. But it was also cool because I got to have a new look at like where we used to be in WordPress, because they are in that exact sp spot that we were five years ago uh, with commercial products. Do, There's. Do do they have um, does so does Blender have like a the equivalent of the WordPress.org repo where they've got like free stuff? Uh, I don't think there's an official repository. Um, they de there's definitely there are definitely a lot of sites that do like have their own little rep repositories, but I don't know if there's one specifically like an unofficial one. Right. Um, and so there's not there's definitely not really a way for people to get their products out there aside from their own site. And so think of something like Code Canyon and the Envato marketplaces, which has been huge for a ton of people to get into the into the commercial sphere for WordPress. Mm -hmm. um, some people have done it very successfully, others maybe not as successful. Some people have opted to stay there. Some people have moved off of Envato, but this new site is basically the Envato for Blender. And I think it'll be really cool to see see them transform and see the open source community around Blender transform into something similar to WordPress. Um, 
And that's my your... brother actually sends me discussions that they have all the time where somebody mentions a commercial product and people are like, oh, well, how dare you sell a commercial plugin? Like, that's just not right to sell an open source project. And then he always points to WordPress and be like, look, this is the same system. It's an open source project that has a really vibrant commercial sphere. Why is this any different? And so Blender Market, cgcookiemarkets.com is the site that we just launched that I'm, I'm really excited to watch and see what that does. So, and that's what we used, so what we used WP MigraDB Pro for, was to move to launch their live version. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, did you, um, so I see that it redirects when you go to cgcookiemarkets.com, it redirects, what, what's, what's up with that? Uh, it? it goes to slash Blender. The reason being, so their, uh, their main network of sites, which is cgcookie.com, uh, it's a big multi-site install, and then they have cgcookie.com slash Blender, cgcookie.com slash Max, and so they have these, all of these different sites dedicated to different kinds of software mm-hmm. or to, to topics. So they have one called slash Concept, which is concept art. And so cgcookie.markets is going to be the same thing. They're going to be launching marketplaces for other software as well, such uh-huh. as like 3D Studios Max or maybe for like concept art, which would be like Photoshop add-ons and things like that. Okay. But Blender Market is the first one, so they're just sending everybody there. That's cool. Yeah. Did they do like a big release for this or? Right now it's kind of a soft release. So they haven't, um, right. there hasn't been a lot of marketing push on it yet. Right. But they're going to be doing that pretty soon. Uh, the first few days were kind of like, hey, let's get it live and make sure that we don't cause any major problems. Right. Is that what your well, brother does? He does uh, CG stuff? Yep. Okay, cool. Does he still do that, or is this is this? Yeah, he does. He does it full time. Oh, okay. Cool. Something that's also kind of cool that they're doing with the site. I might have to rescue my daughter in just a second. Uh, okay. Is that they're actually using the site to help fund the development of the core software, uh, give, where authors can actually sign up and they can give a proceed of their of their commissions to the Blender Development Fund. Ah. And and that was a fun little feature that I got to build for easy digital downloads where an author can submit their product and they can say, yes, I want to contribute to the fund. Here's the percentage I want to contribute. And then it calculates all of those things automatically and, and donates that money to the foundation. Right. That's cool. kind of cool. Yeah. Totally. Right on. Um, something else I've been working on has been taking up a lot of my time just recently is uh, I've been redesigning deliciousbrains.com because we've changed, I mean, it hasn't been redesigned since we launched over a year ago and uh, we've changed quite a bit since then. Uh, the product has changed a lot and uh, like for instance, there was nowhere for add-ons to go really because <laughs> we didn't have add-ons sure. when we started, <laughs> right? So so we kind of had to, I had to rejig things to make room for them um, and so uh, that's you know, it's been taking up a lot of my time and I've been kind of wondering if I should have hired someone to do this. Like before I started, I was thinking of hiring someone, but now that I've gotten into it, I've realized it's a good thing I didn't because there's so many little things that I realize after, um, like as I'm designing, as I'm doing this and that, like, oh yeah, I remember that customer saying this or, you know, and so all these things are influencing where, how I lay things out, how I structure things, and what what copy I write. So, are you thinking of so right now? You have Delicious Brains. Um, it, I mean, it's it's the it's the Delicious Brains website, and then there's a page for WP MigrateDB Pro. Basically, Section, are you yeah. are you restructuring it so that WP MigrateDB Pro is the focus? I am, uh, but it's still going to be under DeliciousBrains.com. Because uh, we will be launching additional products uh, this sure. year, and so we're just going to launch them under the same umbrella uh, site. Uh, so if you go to deliciousbrains.com/slash/wp-migrate-db-pro, it's going to look quite a little bit different than the rest of the site, um, and it's going to be very focused on migrate db pro and kind of and the delicious brains branding and stuff kind of takes a backseat. It's kind of Sure. So anyway, you'll you'll see what I mean uh, once once it's launched. But hopefully, yeah, that's cool. Looking uh, forward to it. Yeah, the biggest thing with it is like 
I've been doing A-B testing and all these little incremental changes. And then this change is just this massive thing, right? So it's it's like, okay, I hope conversions go up, <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Rebranding uh, my, my personal site is something that I've been wanting to do for the last year. Uh, I mean, my pippinsplugins.com hasn't changed in two or three years. Um, it's had... It's on, it's on the second design the site's had, but that's it over the lifespan of four or five years. Uh, and so it's been due for a, for a revamp for a long time. But it's one of those that I, I really want really to do it myself, but trying to figure out how to give myself the time to actually do it. Yeah. It's very easy to say, ah, I'll do it next week. Uh, I'll do it next month. Yeah, it's very easy to say. Yeah, and, yeah. and Especially when there's that. not necessarily major problems with it right now. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. There must be things that bug you about it, though. Like, oh, I oh. wish this was like that. Oh, there's tons of things that bug me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But are, sometimes they're not necessarily enough to push me over the ledge to decide to spend 20 or 30 hours doing it. Right. You might be maybe just chipping away at it is the better. Well, yeah, that's, something, that's what I've been planning to do. It's just a matter of getting that started. Yeah. That's kind of what I started out planning to do. <laughs> And then, and then it be, like I was just gonna redesign the features page and the pricing page, and then now I'm yep. doing the checkout and my account, and you know, it's yeah, just, uh, <laughs> just a I, I was originally gonna start it by just redoing uh, the page for my Restricted Content Pro plugin. Um, the way that that plugin is built, like it's it's kind of similar to, to to your scenario where you have delicious brains, and then you have like a little page on there for WP Micro WP Pro. Okay, where do you host the add-ons? Where do you host the documentation? All of those things. Mm-hmm. I have that exact same problem with Restricted Content Pro, and so I've been de- like debating between rebuilding the site in such a way that it's easy for me to to section those those pages out, or to just build a completely new site for Restricted Content Pro. <laughs> Right, and it's, uh, how do you feel about that? Like the the separate separate site for each product versus like a, a single site. Um, so and, yeah, part of me loves site, it. So. I mean, it's it's so much easier to to set up documentation, to set up support articles, things like that, when there's an entire site dedicated to one product. Mm-hmm. Because. So, it, for example, if I was to add a documentation link to the navigation in pippinsplugins.com, well, what does that refer to? Like, what plugin? I mean, there's over 100 plugins on pippinsplugins.com. Sure. So how is somebody going to know that that's Restrict Content Pro documentation? So when you have a dedicated site for a product, you get rid of those problems. But you might lose some of the, the, the strong branding that comes with that, the other site. Right and so like pippinsplugins.com yeah. has much stronger branding and recognition uh, than say restrictcontentpro.com does. Right. And so like I have not figured out what to do with it. Right. Right. Yeah. I. I mean that's that's kind of what I was thinking is that like if you have a brand that is an umbrella brand that you know above all these products then you know that can be uh, you can kind of strengthen that brand and. And uh, you know your 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 customers who are maybe there's customers just for one product and they go to your site to view documentation or whatever and they see that you have another product right it's just, you know they can cross over between products easy very easily yep. um, versus if it's separate sites that are on these islands it's sometimes hard to kind of bring those together certainly and, yeah. I had somebody tell me the other day uh, they were purchasing affiliate WP and they were also an easy digital downloads customer and I think they were a customer of pippinsplugins.com too and he said well why don't you just have them all under one site I mean you, you are like the main person behind these products why are they on separate sites like I would love to have my one central account history right and it was a good point yeah uh, and and it, that was something that I had not really considered hmm. so That's again again like it's, it's an interesting battle to try and figure out, do you separate your products out? Do you put them on their own sites? Do you put them all in one site? Right. Uh, what about putting them all in the same site, but you could design each page to be very different? That's exactly what I'm doing. With... That's kind of what I've been contemplating doing. Yeah, I mean, that's what Apple does, right? Like each section of yeah. their site is very, very different. It's still Apple.com, but it's 
Apple.com, iPod, Apple.com, MacBook, things exactly. like that. And each one looks very different. And I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of products, uh, I did something yesterday, and this is, I think, this maybe the second time that I've really done this. I discontinued a commercial plugin. Um, you which is bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how dare I? Uh, it's kind of bittersweet. It was one of it was uh, one of the first maybe three or four commercial plugins I wrote. So the plugin was about three or four years old at this point. Uh, it was it was sold on Code Canyon, um, and it was called Sugar Modal Windows. And so it was a plugin for creating pop up modal windows that you could insert into any post or page. And so you just have like have a button, you'd click it, and it would open the modal. Um, the plugin did pretty well. Uh, I mean, it was never. It was never a get-rich plugin by any means, but it, it did pretty well for itself considering how much time I spent building it and things like that. But over the last six months or so, it's been kind of a headache to support. Um, for one, because it has just enough support that I actually I do have to focus on it. There, there are some plugins that get its support ticket every two months, and so if you get a ticket, it's not a big deal. Hmm. This one had a support ticket raised at least two or three times a week. And so it had a decent number, a decent amount of support, um, but it was a bit of a headache to support because it was an older plugin. It mm. did some things in ways that were not necessarily that reliable. Um, ways that, as a developer, I personally didn't like them. Um, but so I kind of battled with myself every day when I was supporting it. And right. so today or yesterday, I decided to officially close the plugin. Um, and I had some comments come in from so, from Twitter yeah. that were kind. of that I, I want to bring up and I think are interesting, a, a good topic for discussion. Uh, and so there was a couple of questions. One, do you, did you consider selling it to someone else to let them continue it? Consider giving it to someone else. Uh, then someone asked, I, I, I mentioned that for me it was not about the dollars that the plugin brought in, it was the headache that the support cost. So would I consider just giving it away on .org? Or would I consider giving it to someone else to give away on .org? And I think these are all really interesting questions to consider when you discontinue a commercial product. Um, and I have various various answers to them. But Brad, what do you think when you when you discontinue a a plugin? Uh, and this is a plugin that people have paid for and that people are definitely still actively using. What do you think are some of the things to keep in mind that you should probably do? Yeah, that's. That's tough because you have so many other things going on and you just, this is really just a distraction at this point. It kind of, it was great in the beginning. It was giving it a little bit of income and, you know, you got your feet wet in the commercial plug-in market. So it was definitely good in the early days, but now it's a kind of a burden for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, and it's not easy to sell something like this. So that, I mean that becomes an even bigger burden all of a sudden, right? When you're trying, right? Is it is it worth to go through the trouble of selling it? Yeah, and and it's GPL though, right? This thing. Oh, yep. Right. So I guess releasing it or getting someone to adopt it would probably be the best course of action if you can if you can find someone fairly easily and with your audience, that probably wouldn't be that hard to do. Um, the tricky part there, though, is that it's a paid commercial plugin, right? So then, mm -hmm. that person that now is on the hook, kind of, to support For all those past customers. Past customers, right? Yeah. So they, which is, they would almost have to like, I think if they rebranded it, if they rebranded it as their own thing, and then let mm -hmm. those customers know this guy's rebranding this thing, he's basically forking it and starting it up again. You can yep. jump on board with him and and you know, go from here with him, yeah, and, or you and can just think, keep using what you're using now, you know? And that's exactly what I've, uh, if, it, if it does get handed over to anybody else, that's probably what will happen. Uh, at this point, I'm not really interested in actively reaching out to find somebody to do that, but if someone was to approach me and say, hey, I would be interested, absolutely. Right, uh, so if anybody- I don't even, Honestly, I don't even really have that much interest in selling it. I will, I will happily give it away to someone. Right. If they want to then sell it on their own, or they want to redistribute it, and however they choose, the issue yeah. for me was simply. I mean, they could have done that before, technically, because it's GPL, right? They yeah, could have forked absolutely. it, and yeah, there's nothing stopping from someone doing that. Right. Um, but in this case, let's put it this way: as opposed to just forking and doing it, here I will happily give it to you. Right. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it did become a it, it became a support headache. Um, not necessarily because of the problems the plugin encountered or the support issues that were raised, but it time. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of things going on, I need to try and narrow my focus and to decide to put my time where it's more important. Yeah. I, I mean, did you probably developed this thing because you had a need for it at the time too, right? I'm guessing. Honestly, at the time I built it because I thought it sounded like a cool idea. Okay. Which, which something that I've learned over the last three years in building plugins personally, and I've seen, I've seen some very well-known people in the, in the community say the exact opposite of this and adamantly disagree with me, but I really don't, at least for me personally, I do not believe in building products that do not scratch my own itch. I, I, I don't like, agree. <laughs> okay. I don't like building products that I don't personally use because I am much less empathetic of problems. Yes. It's much easier if you have a product and and this is like this plugin was a perfect example of this. If somebody if a user comes to me and say I have a problem, I'm trying to do this and I don't personally use the product and I don't personally experience those problems day to day, it's much easier to say I'm sorry it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, or I mean you, you just have less invested in it, right? You you don't care Absolutely. as much, right? But if yeah. someone comes to you and you're using like if you're using EDD to power like your primary business right now, right? Mm-hmm. It's and it's your product. And so if someone comes to you with something, you're like, "Yeah, I'm going to look into that." <laughs> you're damn right. Yeah, for for example, somebody uh <laughs> over the last 3 days, uh we had a bug in EDD 2.0 that in some bizarre cases one that I could never reliably replicate, there would be a random error on the checkout screen that would say that payment gateway is not active. And it would only apply when a discount code was used. So if I was active, if I was not using EDD, I would say, yes, we're going to get this resolved because that's kind of a serious problem because it prevented a purchase from going through. But it would be much. It's not. It would not be as important to me if I was not also experiencing that same problem. Right. Over the last three days, I had multiple customers come and say, "Hey, I'm trying to purchase an add-on from you with this discount code, uh, but it won't let me." So suddenly, it's become a personal problem that affects my my business as opposed to affecting one of my users. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's much much closer. And, it's it's definitely. Uh, I think it's definitely better to scratch your own itch when you can. Um, but you know, I, I'm not going to. Doesn't dis- mean that you always you have to. Yeah, it doesn't mean you always have to. I mean, there's definitely cases where I could see myself getting really invested in a product idea, and sure. and, and really wanting to you know, you know, hammer it out and make it yeah. awesome. You know, yeah, absolutely. I can see that. But but yeah, it's definitely easier when you scratch your own itch because and and I've found myself like I've had plugins where I scratched my own itch and they were you know I kept developing them for a while and then you know i stopped using that plugin right a good example a live comment preview that was a plugin i had for a while and because i had these live live comments preview so the way it worked is as you type your comment in it would show up on the screen like i've I've seen that plugin used before yeah uh, quite a few people still use it but I wasn't using it anymore, right? So, and people were reporting bugs, and I was like, I don't care that much anymore because I'm—it's just this little plugin that I don't use it anymore, and I'm still supporting it. It just didn't—it yep. just doesn't line up for me. Well, and it, so and it, so it I might. gave it—I gave it up for adoption. I and someone else is maintaining it now that that actually uh, uses it and has a still stake on your in name. It. Did you know that? What's that? Still listed under your name. Did you know that? I think my name's still on it, but there's someone else on it too, right? Nope, just you. Oh, I'm crap. Looking at it right now. <laughs> oh crap! Now I got to do something on a plugin I don't care about anymore. Yeah, that's sometimes yeah. that happens. But I th- it does. Um, I mean, I have I have several plugins in the repository that are that way. Uh, for example, I have a small event calendar plugin. I really like the plugin actually, and I really enjoyed writing it. But I don't actually use it on any of my sites, and so it's much more difficult for me to to say. When, when somebody reports a bug, especially in the free version, to drop things that I'm working on that I have a vested interest in to go fix it. You know what it is? I gave them access to the GitHub repo, but they haven't updated the .org site. Oops. <laughs> I, think that's nice. what it, I think that's what happened. So nice. We'll have to 
we'll have to get that sorted out but anyways if anyone else wants to work on live comment preview let me know uh, same thing with uh sure Moto knows anybody who wants it it's pretty much open for adoption there you go adopting plugins is great you know it's it is actually i gave up a pl- another plugin for adoption recently and had it successfully taken over nice and it's which one i love that? i love the idea of continuing a plugin and letting someone take it um because it is sad to see a plugin completely die what regardless of what the plugin does especially if it has a lot of active users and a lot of yeah. um people so we we actually just adopted uh, a plugin as well it's um it's uh, for excerpts. It's called Advanced Excerpt Plugin. Um, and it's just, it's kind of a boring plugin, to be honest. I mean, it, all it does is give you more control over excerpts in, in your t- templates and themes. Um, so, so, for example, if you're using a, you know, a theme for, off the .org repo or something, and you don't want to have to modify it to change the way the excerpts uh, show up, you would use a plugin, this plugin, to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it gives you complete control. You can like choose how many words you want to show in your excerpt and all that kind of stuff. That's and so cool. anyway, this thing was you know well over their two year uh, <laughs> two year period uh, that it you know it hadn't been developed for two years, so it had that yellow bar at the top on the .org yep. uh, page. And so uh, we decided you know let's just take this over. Let's uh, we'll make it. We'll just roll it into the cost of the business, and you know and We'll, we'll handle this because I mean this thing gets um, is heavily used. It's still uh, when we last week it had seven thousand downloads. <laughs> wow! Right. So you know I figure you know this is a good way for us to contribute to uh, the WordPress. Um, just kind of give back. I mean we you know and and for us I think like we put a little. Uh, on the admin page, we put a little shout out uh, to WP Migrate DB Pro, right, to give us a little bit of credit there for maintaining this. Uh, sure, but that's that's about it. So I don't know. Now that I think about it, we should just adopt Live Comment Preview as well. <laughs> as a, as Re- a com- readopt, you mean? Yeah, because I, I I mean I was looking at it from the point of view of it's my plug-in personally right but yeah we could totally adopt that and that's one of the things that's cool when you start getting uh when you when you have a team built up of people that you're working with is that you can uh, you can have a plugin like that that you may personally be maintaining or you may be the one that wrote it but when you have that team of people working with you it can become a team effort and so Mm -hmm. uh supporting it either supporting it or fixing bugs uh, is much less of a burden on you. Absolutely, yeah. And you just make make it part of the business, right? It's just part of the business. It's just part of the day to day. So um, it's yeah. much easier than trying to maintain it in your spare time when you're working a full time job. And you know that's that's kind of the reality for a lot of people that have plugins on .org, right? This is this is their spare time that they use to yep. to develop these things. So. Um, you're starting to see that a lot more in WordPress community, right? People donating time to, you know, WordPress core or, you know, to plugins. To, to yeah, um, just as an example, WP Engine right now is trying to hire two new developers to work on WordPress core full time. Like right. That's their only job at WP Engine. And that, yeah. I think that's fantastic. And doesn't um, DreamHost does that as well? I think uh, Shredder uh yeah, I don't remember if he works full time on Core. I mean, he does a ton of he does a he works on Core a ton. Uh, right. But I don't remember if that's his full time position at DreamHost or if it's part time. Right. Still though, but it still it does either. it benefits yeah. those it benefits those companies whether it's DreamHost or WP Engine or somebody else because their business is built around WordPress. Uh-huh. Uh, and so if you can pay someone to help contribute back to WordPress Core and maybe some, address some of the issues that you encounter. Uh, fantastic and i mean it's good for you yeah exactly yeah i think it just it just it lines up right those are those interests all line up so it makes complete sense right it's something that i'm i'm really interested in in pursuing more uh in this next year both with myself and anybody who's working with me is giving back to core more frequently right um 
I'm trying. I'm trying to actually get into the habit of setting aside like one day of the week that is for WordPress core. I haven't done it yet, but that's kind of my goal where that day or maybe that afternoon is doing nothing but working on WordPress core. Uh, right. WordPress core is hugely responsible for where I am today. Uh, right. WordPress core, I mean, every single one of my products runs on top of WordPress. And so not only do I feel a little bit of obligation to, to give back and donate to something that empowered me so much, but also it's a good idea from a business perspective because sure. all of my products run on top of it. Yes, absolutely. I, here's a question though about core. Like, I, I mean, it's if you look, if you get onto a track ticket that's you know getting pretty popular, I will say, uh, it, it, you get the impression almost that there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, there's so many people like working on one ticket or, or commenting on a ticket. Um, how, how much more, like, do they need your help is what I guess the, what I'm getting at. Is there not already enough it, people <laughs> working on it, Well, here's the thing. I think it, it will, there are definitely tickets where you can say there is not help needed because there are too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, but just, let's see if I can pull up a quick number real quick. Uh, Let's is see. there, is there just so much page. work that there's there's definitely not enough people to... There's definitely not enough. So, like, real quick, I'm just going to pull the report that says, like, here's the number of tickets that do not have a patch. Now, these are not necessarily tickets where they're going to get a patch in or that this enhancement or this bug is going to get taken care of, but the number of tickets currently in the system that say they need to have a patch. Right. Uh, and if WordPress core will load, it's going a little bit slow on me... Um, Currently, there's 287 tickets that need a patch. <laughs> and so is there, is there a need to have more people involved to help write patches, to test patches? Absolutely. Sounds like it, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, there's tickets that, like, in this list, um, I'm pretty sure there's tickets in here that are more than two or three years old. Right. Maybe because they're a low priority, but also just because there, was, there hasn't been anybody to address them yet. And so, yeah, there's absolutely work for, for people to do. doesn't necessarily mean that there needs to be more people on some of the more active tickets. I mean, I think, I think it's always nice to have people provide feedback and say, yes, I like this approach, or have we considered this? Because that, that's always helpful. Hmm. Yeah, mostly. Mostly always. Um, right. Assuming you're doing it right. Right. But, as we, as we grow our team. Fast. Yeah. As we grow our team, I'm definitely going to be looking at that at at maybe maybe we'll do a core contributor day once a week where you know our team just spends a whole day all of us working on core tickets or something like that you know that would be, be really cool that'd be a good idea right something like that that's definitely something that i'm interested in yeah and even if it starts small like say okay i'm gonna work on it an hour every wednesday there and then go. i'm gonna work yeah. on it two hours every wednesday and then slowly progress up yep yeah. yeah, I think I think, I think, I think the big, I think the big thing for a lot of people, or at least for me, it, the thing is with with core, it's like it's almost intimidating, like because like you said, there's 200 and some tickets. Like, where do I start? It's just it's like this giant mountain that you're kind of chipping away at. Um, but I guess sure. that's the point is that you just have to dive in there and find something to work on and work on it. You know, so I think. Uh, as I've started to do it more frequently, to, uh, to jump in and take it and such, I found it helps a lot to look at one component. So a component would be like a category. Uh, so for me, I am subscribed. You can subscribe to email notifications of tickets on track for core. But you can also subscribe to t uh, tickets in a specific component. So I get an email notification anytime somebody opens a ticket related to plugins. Because that's kind of my focus. That's what I like to focus on. Right. And, and that helps me narrow my focus on track tickets, uh, as opposed to just looking through this massive list of tickets and trying to find something. Instead, look at, component, look at a component. So if you like media, look at the media. If you like the cron API, you like plugins, et cetera. And then you can even narrow that down even further and say, I want to work on documentation for plugins. So you can take the plugins component with a focus of docs, 
or wow. okay. maybe there's something in, in the plugins API that doesn't perform very well. So you can look at plugins and then filter it by performance. And so you can really narrow your focus much more. Uh, and this is all th- something that's come, come out the last like three months as Nason's been building some of these filtering tools. And that's helped a ton. Or if you're not interested in writing a patch or you don't know how to, uh, there's another one. He has a, uh, Nason put in a getting started section where you can quickly just view, I want to look at patches that need testing. So these are patches that people have written. All you have to do is apply it and say yes or no, it works for you. Right. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's 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 made it so much easier to jump into these tickets. Right. Uh, there's also a tag that the uh, that Core is using now called Good First Bug, which is basically their <laughs> tickets designed uh, that that are easier to patch right. for people that like for the first time. Right. So if somebody's looking for their first ticket to jump into, go look at ones take titled with a uh, Good First Bug. Yeah. That and and I've heard the awesome. core developers say that they generally try to not patch those tickets themselves because they're trying to leave them for people that want, that want to contribute for the first time. Right. Right. That's cool. Yeah. So um, I guess we should probably wrap it up. We're at 50 minutes here. So. Yeah, I think we've been, we've been rambling for a while. It's easy yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, just uh, want to say that... Uh, you know, you should go to iTunes. If you're listening to it on iTunes, uh, give us a five-star review and leave a little comment if you want. You don't have to. You can just give us a five-star review. That's cool, too. Um, but, yeah, we really appreciate uh, any iTunes reviews because that kind of boosts our profile in iTunes and lets more people know about our podcast. So really appreciate Absolutely. that. For... So. And if you are willing, if you are interested uh, with the rating as well, give a review. Let us know. I'll, uh, that means a lot to us. And in exchange, I'll happily take a look at your plugin, leave a rating for it, give it a quick review, or something like that. There you go. Yep. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Catch everybody. You next time.